All right. Welcome to Odyssey House Journals. As you can tell, Randall is not here in person. He is taking a much needed break and well-deserved. That man works harder than any man that I know. So it won't be the same without him. I'm going to do my best, but he's here in spirit with us. So we go over, we generally go over data. I, this time I wanted to bring out, have you heard of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline? Oh, 988? Yeah. 988. Yeah. yeah, they're making it simple. So you just call or text 988 if someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or experiencing mental health or substance use crisis. It's a great. Pretty awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I wanted to bring that up and let everybody be aware of that. So, now that we got that out of the way, (laughs) so this is Corey Orndorff, and she is working at Odyssey House, and I had the pleasure of meeting you, oh, you called me once, and then we have been in contact ever since. Mm -hmm. You are getting around a lot in the best possible way. Now I am. Yeah. (laughs) So, I'm really glad to have you here. Awesome. Thank you. The first thing that sticks out to me is harm reduction Mm -hmm. when I see you, and it's... I think we need to talk about harm reduction more. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what exact what exactly harm reduction means? Yeah, harm reduction is like a mentality that uh, acknowledges that there are harms associated with substance use, mm-hmm. but as opposed to promoting abstinence only, it acknowledges that there are methods that are safer uh, of using drugs that you can reduce these risks of overdose, of infectious disease, of uh, death by suicide, stuff like that, that Mm -hmm. um, promotes these safer methods of taking drugs as opposed to just completely ignoring it or pretending that they don't exist or focusing only on abstinence because that's not realistic for everyone. It's true. Why would you say it's not realistic? I think a lot of people, I think treatment can be awesome for a lot of people. I think People have a lot of reasons for not wanting to get sober and not being ready to get into treatment. That could be like payment associated. That could be partner associated. That could be having responsibilities. It could just be that their drug use is like managed. Um, So I think whatever path someone chooses can be right for them. But I think it is a public health responsibility to support people in making safer choices. I love that answer. Thank you. What does harm reduction consist of? Can you give us some examples? Yeah, so there's like harm reduction with regards to substance use, which can include naloxone distribution. Narcan is the brand name. Um, It can include syringe exchange for HIV and hep C prevention, uh, condoms, lubricant for safer sex. So that's um, like substance use harm reduction, but there's also harm reduction that we practice every day. When you put on a seatbelt, when you wear sunscreen, uh, wow. when cigarettes have filters, like harm reduction, reducing the harm of inherently risky behaviors is yeah. adopted throughout society. I love how you put the two to two together, mm-hmm. right? Because it, that is what it's about and it's being up front on people and all pathways to recovery. It looks different for everyone. Mm-hmm. So correlating that with real life events, well done. That was awesome. I have, I'm going to use those lines. I haven't thought about this that. This is all stuff I've read. I'm just regurgitating. <laughs> but you're doing a good job of doing that. What? Why is harm reduction so important to you? To me personally, I think I don't have experience with substance use in the way that a lot of people I work with do. But 
I mean, it matters to me just that there's more people getting access to what they deserve access to. More people are still alive in Salt Lake City because of programs like this. Yeah, yeah. more less people have HIV, less people have Hep C. It's quality of life. Yeah, mm, I love that. How did you get introduced? So you work at Odyssey House. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so. A couple years ago, I signed up for AmeriCorps, which is like a domestic service program in the U.S., okay. kind of like Peace Corps, but in the U.S., where the federal government sponsors employees at nonprofits. So I liked this program. I wanted to get involved in healthcare, and I got matched with Martindale. Yeah, yeah. how was that for you? It was, it was kind of wild. I, haven't, I moved to Utah for this job. I had never been to Salt Lake before. Where are you from? New Mexico. Oh my gosh, yeah. how was that transition? It was good, yeah. I'm from like a much smaller town, so it was a big city, big yeah. difference, but Southwest, I like the Southwest. So how do you feel about Utah now that you've been here? I like it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> the skiing's awesome. The oh, people are nice. Good. <laughs> and so you started with Martindale, mm-hmm. but like I said, your name is coming up a lot around me. You are involved. I love it. You are a go-getter. Your name is everywhere. Yeah, well, thank you. It's like You're the, welcome. the more you get involved, the more like opens up for you. So we started the syringe exchange program at Martindale, which ter- like also included naloxone distribution, partnering with Utah Naloxone. Perfect. They're super awesome. That got us connected with the Department of Health that supports a lot of our activities with like fentanyl test strip donation, condom donation, uh, like educational materials. Mm-hmm. And then... We got these materials, and it became a matter of, like, okay, how can we distribute them? Yeah. We started going to these homeless outreach events, having in-clinic walk-in syringe exchange five days a week, and the rest follows, yeah. And isn't MAT, medical-assisted treatment, is that considered harm reduction? Yeah, yeah. Because I know b- before, back when I got sober in 2012, if you were to use MAT, and I'll have you describe what that is, then... There's a lot of stigma behind it that you are not sober Mm -hmm. and that you're not doing it right. Mm -hmm. So can you explain what MAT is and what it does? Yeah, MAT is medication-assisted treatment. It's also called MOUD, Medications for Opioid Use Disorder. Um, And these are medications that might be opioids or partial opioids um, or partial partial opioid antagonists Mm -hmm. or a combination. It's like Suboxone, Vivitrol, Sublocade, buprenorphine and they stop cravings and they stop withdrawals uh they all have different traits but people think they might not have total sobriety because they're partial opioids Mm -hmm. regardless of that um it's safer than using heroin it's safer than using Mm -hmm. uh painkillers that might be pressed with fentanyl there's less risk involved so it's risk reduction it's harm reduction and like the data shows people people's lives are saved, people can get their act together with this medication, so I'm totally in favor, yeah. Yeah, I used to be one of those people that judged it Mm -hmm. back. I thought, you just quit and that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have the best experience with methadone and that's Mm -hmm. why, and so, but now I feel if if anybody needs something to help along their journey, let them have it. I think, yeah, I think if people are on methadone, which is just a, it's just a full opioid, Mm -hmm. but it's, so much safer than an unregulated mm-hmm. supply of who knows what. Yeah. yeah, and it's good for pain relief as well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you have somebody that is has a substance use disorder 
and at the same time has chronic pain or chronic illness, it does help with that. Mm -hmm. It's a great alternative. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. My mind has been changed. I'm so pro. (laughs) Yeah, whatever works for people. But I don't think... I don't think any of these are reasons that they should be like not accessible. They right. might not be right for individuals, but as a whole, the world is better that they exist. Yeah. I agree. I'm glad there's people like <laughs> you out there. <laughs> um, so we're talking a lot about this harm reduction. Where can people go? In, it's unfortunate in Utah, there's harm reduction doesn't exist across the state. Salt Lake really is kind of like the headquarters for harm reduction, and there's groups that do go to, like, Price and Moab and other places sometimes. Um, but Salt Lake, there's a lot of places you could go to for naloxone, syringe exchange, fentanyl mm-hmm. test strips. Um, if you Google the Utah Syringe Exchange Network, there's a lot of info mm-hmm. available to you, but off the top of my head, there's Utah Harm Reduction Coalition in Midvale. Utah Naloxone is in downtown Salt Lake. Soap to Hope goes and does distribution oh, yeah. mm-hmm. in downtown Salt Lake. Um, Martindale Clinic does harm reduction, needle exchange, and MAT, um, and there's others, yeah. So say, because you have like the banker's hours, right, when it's a clinic, mm-hmm. what if it's Saturday night and someone needs help? What, what are some after hours or weekend spaces that they can go? What would you suggest? Soap to Hope, I think, number one. They have a phone number online that you can text and find yeah. out where they're going to be. Uh, nighttime weekends and then sharp the Salt Lake harm reduction project okay they also do deliveries uh, Mm -hmm. but I think that's weekdays too Um, January Riggins yeah she's a good friend of mine soap to hope they go out they are truly the boots on the ground Mm -hmm. for this work and so I'm glad that you brought that Mm -hmm. up and they do so much more than just harm reduction they get like they give people hope Mm -hmm. hygiene little like, like cards just yeah notes yeah, yeah it's they do case management it's really sweet yeah, yeah. um what are the hours of martindale or how uh, can somebody get involved so yeah. they have that primary care because martindale also also offers that primary care they do hep c treatment mm-hmm. they do a lot of things based around recovery or fears of going to a doctor because you are trying to find recovery yeah so martindale is one of the it's a primary care clinic for people with a history of substance use um they see people uh, who are, have been sober 10 years, yeah. and they see people who like got high that morning. Um, yeah. They do wound care, they do hep C treatment, they do STD treatment, they do birth control, they do diabetes, anything you could need almost, or referrals to everything else. Right. Um, yeah, but I don't think there's any harm in talking to a doctor, especially one who's informed about substance use and is yeah. not gonna judge you. Um, the best way to get connected to them is just call their phone number or you could walk in and chat with the front desk about getting set up uh, with an appointment or harm reduction is just walk in and show up and say what you need. I think it's so funny that you said 10 years because I went to Martindale for the first 10 years of my recovery until I switched um, employment and so I got different insurance Mm -hmm. but Martindale it was so safe for me because before I would doctor shop and I would do different things and so there I didn't have to run from anything Mm -hmm. I could just be exactly who I was Mm -hmm. and they would take care of me so I'm a huge fan of Martindale. Yeah yeah. Um, And so as we've been talking more, there's this program that I keep hearing about, JETS. And when I meet the people that are in JETS, they are just fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. What is this JETS thing? JETS, they're the junior executives in the Odyssey House residential program. Okay. Um, they're people who have progressed to a certain point in their recovery where they want to get involved with leadership, 
and do service and kind of give back in a more dedicated way. So they're right now trying to get involved with a bunch of different stuff in the community, like uh, building kits for like homeless outreach. Yeah. They're trying to maybe get a magazine going. They're going to yeah. go volunteer with USARA. Yeah. The barbecue. They're a cool group of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, um, we went to the Gail Miller shelter this morning with some jets oh, good. and they just connected. We had like coffee and clients at Gail Miller and, and they just were chatting with some unhoused people over there about Odyssey House, about recovery. It's cool. I love that. What mm-hmm. does it take to become a Jets? I'm not sure. I think you have to graduate to a certain level, like discovery. Um, okay. And then you just propose to your house, I think, why you want to be a Jet, what you hope to accomplish as a Jet. Okay. And then, yeah, I think they vote. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. And that's okay, too, because if you want to learn more, yeah. you can go to odysseyhouse.org. <laughs> right. And it can give you all the stuff and all the information. So that works well. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, really magical because it empowers people oh, within yeah. the residential to um, create things and also be a part of and be shown another type of recovery. Mm-hmm. Like you're learning how to live without the drugs, alcohol and whatever form or fashion. Right. If you're using harm reduction, whatever it looks like. But then there's this whole other side. Like, how do you get introduced to the outside world mm-hmm. living once you have that path started? And mm-hmm. so I think it's a magical program. Yeah. Yeah. They seem like go getters. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think a lot of them felt like they have received a lot. Mm hmm prior to their recovery and in their recovery, and they want to transition into this point of, like, providing that resource to someone else, which is awesome. How did you transition to help with the Jets? Um, Where did that come from? Yes. So I was, like, the harm reduction person for Martindale Clinic for a long time and Mm then um, got more involved doing homeless outreach stuff with Odyssey House. So And that came with the Jets, who were looking for a way to get involved, so we kind of teamed up. That's a good, that's a good mixture right there. Yeah. If there's anything that you could say, I, I love it when people who aren't necessarily in recovery um, from substance use, but I think we all have recovery in us from different things. And I love when someone is so passionate and has so much compassion like you without judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell, what would you say to those that, that aren't, don't experience substance use disorder or loved ones? But um, there's a lot of stigmas, right? And there's a lot of barriers and things like that. What would you say to that community? Mm. I don't know. Keep talking to people. You don't know what someone's going through unless you talk to them. I think it's easy for people to, like, shelter themselves away in certain groups and then make judgments about other people. But the more you get involved, the more you get out there, I think understanding comes with that. Yeah. What is that? And that understanding, what does that do for you as a person, as a human being, living th- life on life's terms? Yeah, I think I think people, I, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, just that there's like a responsibility to hmm. support people. Yeah. Like through work, through volunteering, through, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that service is a, a big piece of it because I know that our minds can be very busy when you struggle with substance use disorder or mental health. Um, and so stepping outside of yourself 
helps calm this a little bit mm-hmm. and it makes you feel empowered because you're giving back to your community or people or things and then it helps you sleep a little bit better at oh, night yeah. knowing that for you sure. showed up <laughs> for someone else. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you being on here. Is there anything that we have left out or that you want to tell the world? Yeah. Um, I think when we think of people who might be at risk for overdose, we think of people who are using opioids, which could be heroin, prescription opioids, um, what people think might be prescription opioids but are actually coming from pill presses. Um, All of that is a risk for overdose because it's an opioid, which can cause you to overdose, but fentanyl could be involved, um, which increases your risk. But I want to tell people everyone's at risk of an overdose, or everyone could potentially be. You never know what someone's taking. You never know what might be mixed in with other substances. Um, So I advocate for people to carry naloxone, know how to use it, um, get fentanyl test strips. If Mm -hmm. you or anyone you know is planning on consuming substances uh, to make a more informed decision about what you might be using. So, yeah, that's my piece. There's a lot of places in Salt Lake City to get these resources, so use them. <laughs> I agree with that. So fentanyl, it's been on the rise. Um, yeah. Overdoses have been on the rise, and people are overdosing on fentanyl using another type of drug. Mm-hmm. We automatically assume, but it can be in marijuana, it can be in meth, it can be mixed in so many different areas. So people are overdosing without realizing they're using mm-hmm. fentanyl. So I think the test strips. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not sure if it's ever like been proven to be found in marijuana, but Mm -hmm. ecstasy, meth, cocaine, heroin, pills, all have the potential to have fentanyl mixed in. Yeah. The good news is we have this tool to test if it is mixed in. So I advocate for people to use it. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on and thank you for taking this time to educate the community. Um, You can watch us, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. You're wonderful. So thank thank you you for being here. And Randall, thank you for being here. (laughs) Thank you.